The Spanish announce table. We're live, pal. We're live, live. Actually live this time from what I can understand. Hopefully that's actually working right this time. Uh, I am Tim, and that is Tom over there, and we are excited to talk about pro wrestling. We have AEW Revolution coming up, which is going to be awesome, I feel like, uh, on a quick overview, but we're going to talk about that later on in the show, so get in our chat. If you're watching us live on the YouTube, get in some of your predictions or predict with us along as we do that. Ooh, that's uh, a, a good idea. Yeah, or you can always use hashtag tweet the table if you want to be a little behind, and we'll read those, in which we got a couple of those this week. Yeah, we uh, do. that you know, Tom live tweets during AW Dynamite, Rampage, and some special events, and so you can join in using hashtag tweet the table. So we've got a few of those that we'll read on here. We will make you famous here on the Spanish announce table, uh, like our good friend Jeffrey Sills here in the chat, who's saying shout out to the best tag team since Quick Rip. Quick Rick and Tonga Tom? Eh? Eh? That's a pretty good tag team. Pretty good yeah. Tag. And, I mean, that sure. had to be 80-something, right? Or 70-something, right so that's there. a long time. It's a long right time. Right there. Yep. Right there, Tim. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So, Tim, let's get into it. No, yes. let's get into it. We are going to talk about AEW Dynamite, and then we do not know about AEW um, Rampage, so we won't talk about that because we don't read the spoilers, but then we will give you our predictions for Sunday's pay-per-view, AEW Revolution. And so let's kick it off, as we mentioned, with the breakdown of last night's episode. And it kicked off with the All-Atlantic champion, Orange Cassidy, taking on Morrissey. I know they call him something different. I don't like it. I'm calling him Morrissey. And this was classic little guy versus big guy match. What'd you think? Yeah, big boring over there. Uh, <laughs> I think he did okay. Yeah, no, he he's, okay. he's fine. No, he's fine. But there's just not much to him, right? He works great as early Diesel right now, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's just in the back, right? He's the even not even early Diesel, early like no named bodyguard for Shawn Michaels Diesel. You know what I mean? Like he stands back mm -hmm. there, looks tough, throws a motherfucker into the fourth row, you know, and then 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 that's where we're at. But him in a singles match. It's fine. Like you said, it's not terrible. But this was, again, I say this with Orange Cassidy now. It's up to the person wrestling Orange Cassidy to kind of fit into the story. It's what do they do with Orange Cassidy's shtick that kind of makes it different or unique. And I don't know that Big Bill's got a whole lot in his holster to bring out a bunch of things like that, right? Like, Well, uh, I will say the match was fun. I like the spot where he tried to do the big boot to Orange Cassidy each time, and Orange Cassidy just fell down and was like, no, yeah. you're not going to do it. Right. And he's like, I'm going to do it again. He's like, no, just you're not going to do it. Yeah, and, and that was a good I, spot. Yeah, and I also like that they respected Morrissey's stature, where Orange Cassidy just didn't hit uh, an orange punch, and there you go. He had to go to the top rope. And so it adds a little bit more credibility to how good Morrissey is when Orange Cassidy, probably the backbone of AEW Dynamite, if you start to look at all the programming, he's the one that you can count on the most uh, if you start to really consider it. Um, but for him to be on this role, to then use the super orange punch, I think says something at least that Morrissey isn't, a big chump where he's just getting rolled up on. But this is again where, you know, we've got Morrissey, we've got the ass boys, we've got Ethan page, we got Lee. And then we got Stokely Hathaway. Who's the star of the group. 
but he can't really shine when all of his guys just continue to lose. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of, if we're ranking like tiers, right? You got your upper card, your mid card, and your lower card. Like I, some of these guys aren't even sniffing the mid card, right? You might say Ethan Page mm -hmm. is, but the rest mm -hmm. are on that lower card. And it's hard to be a manager of a stable of eight lower card guys. You know, it's yeah, just not now, a whole lot to deal with. Now, one thing that'll be interesting when we get to the pay-per-view is the ass boys, I don't know, are still are firm or not. Like it, it seems convenient when they want it to be, but you've never seen Stokely Hathaway. At least I can't recall Stokely Hathaway walking out with them now that they're tag champions. Like that's Correct. the spot where Stokely Hathaway can really shine in this, because if you consider the ass boys have to be entertaining against the acclaim, who's honestly probably the most entertaining tag team going right now. And Stokely Hathaway can at least fight some of those zingers, those bars from Max Caster with some of his own, right? He could give them a, you raggedy bitch, you raggedy bitch. Like he could do some of that. You raggedy bitch. Yeah. He <laughs> could do something like that off of them, but we've made this story with ass boys just rolling solo. Well, I mean, they're a tag team, obviously, but you get what I'm saying. Like not using anyone else in the firm yeah. when it comes out to the matches. So it should be interesting. It's just a pair of ass boys and nothing else. Yep. So we get orange Cassidy with the victory. He picks that up and he says, I'm going to keep on moving on. We will hear more from orange Cassidy, which I think was pretty interesting. Uh, but a little foreshadowing. So uh, orange Cassidy picks up the victory and then we go backstage and we get an interview that actually took place the week prior. And we got, as customary, he's bleeding here too, John Moxley just pouring his heart out and his head, literally. Pouring his heart uh, out through his eyeball, basically. Yeah. In this. And this, this, I told you this off air, and I firmly believe this. If you put this on Raw or SmackDown because of the stature of what WWE is, this promo might be an all-time great. It might be up there with the Dusty Rhodes or the Pipe Bomb from CM Punk, all of those kind of interviews, that sphere, because this was every bit as good as all of those, and it was shot just incredibly. I thought one of the coolest things was that the camera guy went away from his face to be like, hey, guys, everyone, check this out. There's a fucking pool of blood. Okay, I guess he's talking again, so we'll get the camera back on him, but to show us that pool of blood, I thought was a really cool spot. Yeah, I agree. I, it was just I, the backdrop of like the all white staircase, which you can see and everything, I think really helped kind of hone that in to where you were just mm -hmm. there focusing in on this red bloody Moxley, which again has become a bit of a meme, if you will, at this point. But Good. I mean, they, they went all into it on this and it just, uh, yeah, it really set the tone for Moxley's reason, right? We, we've kind of understood Hangman's reason, but Moxley's reason up until this point has been, fuck you, bitch, because I can. And now we get a little deeper into that, but why fuck you because I can, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoy both promos, and we'll talk about Hangman's when it comes up, but I love both promos because it felt personal. It didn't feel contrived. It didn't feel as if we're making yeah. up these lines to really get under the skin of the other person. It feels true to who they are. Yeah. Jeffrey Sills in the YouTube chat here says, after this promo, I went outside and started a mosh pit, and this promo can get you fired up. Yeah, I and I like the content of it. I, I do like that, as he wrapped up here, talking about how, hey, man, you're a good wrestler. You're even a good person. 
But when we're coming to who's the animal, who's the vicious son of a bitch in AEW, it's not going to be you. It's going to be me. Like he, I'd love, I love the, the kind of credit that he gives hangman, but then the also backdrop of you can only go to a certain level. You can only go to 10. I can go to 11. And that's the difference between me and you. And I can't wait that, that from John Moxley sold me. But again, we'll talk about hangman's, which was, I thought just as good uh, later on in the show. All right, so then um, we get the Elite. They're up there on the stage, and they're about to walk out for a uh, a promo. And you get your Kansas song, Carry On My Wayward Son. And you get the finger point and the flex in, and then lights out. And it's the house of the boogeyman. And here they are holding these belts. Look at this. Oh, I'm spooky. You can't yeah. see my face. Spooky. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Spooky. I will say this is a good start to what I asked for last week, where I need them to do something, right? Like I said, let's get a little spookier. You're talking spooky, but you're not doing anything spooky. Now, turning off the lights and attacking somebody from behind isn't necessarily spooky in and of itself, but the way they go about themselves is still, you know, the dark, the mysterious, there's smoke for some reason, all like you guys carrying around a fog machine with you. Like, what are you doing here? Right? Like, I, I just need a little more of this. Dig deeper. Put these folks, the Young Bucks, in peril. Right? Like, do something that makes me think you're going to dismember them or something. I need something. And this was a good start. Stealing the belts. Attacking them from behind. We've seen that in Pro Wrestling outside of Spooky. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they did something here. Yeah, I think, you know, AEW gives you the free range to do that. Because if you recall the Keith Lee, uh, Swerve Strickland versus the acclaimed angle, you had Swerve Strickland kidnap Billy Gunn and then break three of his fingers. Break with, his fingers. Uh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, like a, some pliers. So yeah. like. Yeah, well, he nibbled on his earlobe. So House of Black, I believe, has the clearance to do the spooky stuff or the scary stuff. It's just interesting that they've kind of played neutral almost on mm-hmm. the spooky. Yeah. Yeah. I need a little more spooky. All right. I agree. So we'll get that match on Sunday. And again, when we get to those picks, we'll make them at that time. But after that quick interruption of a promo, we get into the ring and we have the face of the revolution ladder match not taking place at revolution. It's taking place on dynamite, which I thought was interesting uh, because we'll get to it. We added Christian uh, versus jungle boy, but we couldn't have the revolution ladder match on revolution felt a little weird, but that's here. They're there. So in this match, we get Takeshita, this Mexican luchador named commander who I've never heard of. Powerhouse Hobbs, A.R. Fox, Action Andretti, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston, kind of, and then Sammy Guevara. And instantly, Tim, right off the jump, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, they start punching each other in the face, and then they just go to the back. We don't see them again. So what do you think about that first aspect of Eddie and Ortiz are gone, so I guess bye. Yeah, it just left me sad, I guess, because we've talked about this several weeks running now where that feels like a good story you guys should be telling. You are telling, I guess, but you're telling it over there. It would be one thing if it felt like the approach was, yeah, we're telling it over here. That's why you should watch over here. 
Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like that, right? It feels like, ah, we don't got time to tell that on the big stage, so tell that over there. And I I feel like that's where they're missing. So that's how I felt going away. It was like, oh, man, I guess could have done that later in the match, right? Like mm -hmm. in nearing the end, if you will. So uh, I guess let's just get to it here, and then we'll get mm -hmm. back into the match. So fast forwarding, because it actually wasn't in the show, but I do want to cover it, is after AW Dynamite is over, uh, we get an exclusive interview backstage with Eddie Kingston, who's by the exit door. And he said he requested this time. And so Lexi Nair says, so well, what do you want to say? Like, here you go. And he goes, I quit AEW. Peace. And he leaves. So what do you think of the, obviously if AEW is going to post it on their official media and Lexi's going to do that bad of acting, it's a work, which is great. I'm all for it. Yeah. But what do you think we make? What do you make of this Eddie Kingston qu quits AEW? I, I, it's got to be ROH then, unless he's going to go spend time in New Japan, maybe. Um, possibly, yeah. Possibly that. But it's one of those two. And I feel like it's going to be ROH, which don't get me wrong. If we're going to have ROH and there's a solid third, Eddie Kingston's a great guy to have on it, right? If, if we're going to feature Eddie Kingston more on a product like that, it might actually get me to tune in. Mm -hmm. to that product so good if it's going to be something cool over there fine as long as i can access it easy i don't have to pay you know is, is this did we determine do they have a weekly show yet are they going to put that it started on that today thing? it started okay. today this is yeah. the debut episode right and spoiler alert mm. at the end of the show claudio who is the main event holds the title up and Eddie Kingston walks out and he says, I want that title, brother. I'm going to kick your ass. And, you know, we have a history that goes 15 years back and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but me and you, I'm taking that title from you because I am the true ring of honor heavyweight champion, which is fucking awesome. Now here's my three cents on the whole situation from last night and into today's ROH taping first Again, because I got that notification from Glory Pro, the promotion in St. Louis, that Eddie Kingston was going to be there, but was injured and could not make that date. I believe, peeking behind the curtain, we want to start this Eddie Kingston promo, but can't necessarily do the 10 out of 10 spots because Eddie is hurt. So here he is on TV. Here's the start of the angle. But we can't hurt like he can't do anything. So a quick walk to the back and there you go. I think that's why we did that part. And again, that just goes based off of that email that I received from glory pro second. I think this is perfect for Eddie Kingston to do because I still believe in the back of my mind's brain that we're getting Eddie Kingston versus MJF in the summer. Yeah. You heard it. My mind's brain, in the yeah. back of my mind's brain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I think in the summer we're getting Eddie Kingston versus MJF, but I think we need to keep them away from each other while we put a little bit of a rocket on Eddie Kingston, because if you do it in the same promotion, in my opinion, then we might get need to get to it sooner rather than later because everyone loves Eddie Kingston, right? He picks up four victories and does a fire promo and everyone's saying, let's fucking do it now. Let's do it now. And it's like, well, we had plans for like MJF and, you know, uh, Claudio or John Moxley or, you know, someone else. And like, he's actually the next after this. So do it over in ring of honor, get them having some fun yeah. over there and then bring them back over. Eddie Kingston. We've been saying it forever captures 
the same thing that WWE, I think, recognizes in Kevin Owens, but doesn't utilize to their fullest potential. They use it on a short-term, easy cop-out, if you will, of mm-hmm. everybody can identify with this person, right? They they aren't an athlete-looking guy, right? Like, they, they don't look like an athlete. They're a fighter, right? They're fighting for everything they've ever gotten against all odds, sometimes make poor decisions and put themselves up against those odds, but fight their way out of it. And I feel like this is – Eddie Kingston is great for that. That's not necessarily what he's doing here with the Cesaro thing. I don't – you know what I mean? That's not the exact thing he's doing here, I don't feel like. But this is still going to be great based on the history of this. Not Cesaro, yeah. Claudio Castanoli, uh, Eddie Kingston thing, right? Like that's mm-hmm. going to be a good payoff for that. And, again, hey, if you got Eddie Kingston on ROH, I'm going to give it a chance. I know that. Of course. Yeah, 1 million percent. And, you know, uh, people who have li- listened to us long enough knows that Eddie Kingston's one of our favorites. So Eddie Kingston is a champion He's of your any best promotion. Friend. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Love that guy. FaceTimed. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see, because as you mentioned, the history with him and Claudio and how Eddie Kingston can pull on real life things that may or may not have happened and bring that into a story, I think is phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's a lot of what MJF does really well, right? The like, well, did he get dumped by his fiance? Eddie Kingston does the same thing where on Twitter leading into dynamite, he's talking about how he needs to talk to the, the, the powers that be because he's unhappy and all of this. And it leads right into an angle of he quits AEW. So uh, yeah, both guys are amazing. I'm excited for when they do, uh, get a program going, but in the interim, like you said, Ring of Honor needs something. Why not give them the best pro wrestler in the world? So, uh, but going back to this match, we again, so those two take off, and then we got Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs, AR Fox, Action Andretti, Sammy Guevara, uh, that commander, uh, fella, and we get spots galore. We get commander running the ropes because I guess that's hurts more. Uh-huh. Um, Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti damn near really killed themselves because they did a <laughs> modified power bomb into a ladder that didn't hit 100. Yeah. percent So, almost kind of a wreck off. of a match. Yeah, almost pulled that off. But uh, before we go too deeper, uh, too much deeper into this match, we did get a tweet the table about it, and so I'd like to throw that up there and remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Table Show and use hashtag Tweet the Table, and we'll make you a star right here on the Spanish announce table, like at Brian underscore J underscore Bay Bay. He says, it's about damn time. Oh, wrong one. He said, (laughs) oh, did I lose it? Hold on. Here we go. Uh Uh-oh. And go. Look at that. There it is. Technical difficulties. uh, Same shit. He says, uh, (laughs) now I'm going to have to pull it up. Just keep talking, Tom. Let me pull it up. All right. Well, (laughs) so with this match, there was a lot of train wreck kind of spots powerhouse Hobbs as we get to the finish and we'll get to the tweet table, but the refs have to hold the broken ladder, which again, we all know it is not a real competition and they didn't have the referees in the shot, but like safety first, you know what I mean? I would hate to have powerhouse Hobbs go like, but the aesthetic would be that I am getting preferential treatment. So don't hold it for me. And it's like, okay, great. Well, then you just broke your leg because you fell from the eighth rung from the top. And 
On top of that, if you caught it, he had to actually stand on the top of the ladder. He had to put both feet on top of the ladder because they put the the butt ring up so high that they couldn't really get to it. You know what I mean? I'm glad you said butt ring because now that we have the technical difficulties sorted out here on the Spanish announce table, we'll go back to that hashtag with table from at Brian J. Bay Bay, who said ladder match for the big gold butt donut hashtag tweet the table. Now, yep. uh, yeah, I'm going to fire uh, the producer for this show uh, for, for all these technical difficulties. I want you to know that now. Uh, yeah, what a, does he work for? AEW? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Fuck that guy's family and his ability to no. feed them doesn't matter. No. <laughs> hey, listen, um, the big gold butt donut. I That, again, I think it was cute and funny the first year when it was about the brass ring, right? But it's it's odd now. Like, how do you explain it? I guess you just explain it that way now, right? But it's, it's an unsaid joke, which kind of gets lost, I think, on some folks. However, don't you think, uh, you know, the rule of get them talking about anything is good? We're talking about it. You know what I mean? If it was a briefcase, we wouldn't say two things about it. Like, he has the briefcase. But now we got the sonic ring, the butt plug, the butt pad for when you have hemorrhoids, all this stuff. You know what I mean? And so, hey, it's not the worst thing. And it's not so aesthetically unappealing to the general public that they would turn the channel. You know what I mean? They well, wouldn't go like Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says it's the Sonic ring, which I think a lot of folks might just think of that, right? They think of coins in a video game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not too distracting. I don't feel like, but it is, it is smirkish every time I see it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So we get powerhouse Hobbs picks up the victory. He will then be taking on, uh, the TNT champion next week, which we have a TNT championship match at revolution. And again, we'll get to our picks when we get to them, but post-match Hobbs is celebrating Joe, who was on commentary gets off of the commentary desk and starts to walk towards Hobbs. Hobbs starts to walk towards Joe and here comes Wardlow. And he's like, what's up motherfucker. I'm throwing hands with Joe. And then Hobbs sits back and he's laughing. He's like, look at these two dumb idiots. And that's kind of the segment. So what do you think about Wardlow and Joe? And then Hobbs is kind of, we've already done this once, but I guess we're going to maybe do it again. Man. I feel like we're starting to play the hits here, right? We did. You mentioned earlier, We've got Christian Jungle Boy, and now we're getting this Wardlow, Joe, Hobbs. Something. Yeah, now Hobbs will be next week, but yes, we've seen them in a triple threat, so that's where we're talking about. We've kind of seen this before. So Uh, Jeffrey Sill says, I just want to see Takeshita Hobbs. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. Takeshita, I'm kind of... I get Rocky Maivia feels from Takeshi. Ooh, that's a great. I was thinking Prince Iakea from WCW, but Rocky Maivia is another good one. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Where you can see like some athleticism here. You can see he's probably got some charisma somewhere, but it ain't. It ain't happening right now. (laughs) I just, you know, one thing that's always been a kind of a side quest here. the, The one thing that's always been not appealing to me with New Japan is when you just tell me that they're a great wrestler because that's not the fucking point. You know what I mean? Stories are the point. We've beat this dead horse for years now, but to say it again, like I don't care if your finisher is a blue thunder bomb into a 
Hurricane Rana or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I want a story. You know, I want a story. And let me say why, like, let's let's turn this into a sports reference. You know, when people, uh, you get people who who talk about uh, these, like, the better team is this, right? And whatever. And it's like, but that's not, I, I don't care. I'm not necessarily there to watch a skills competition of the best versus the best. I'm here to see... You know, sometimes David versus Goliath. I'm here to see, you know, revenge stories. I'm here to see, like, it's it's all of that mixed up. It's all of the storylines that go along with the extra athleticism or the or, or the competition, if you will, which that pro wrestling mm-hmm. is mimicking here, that, that you know, I, I don't need you to be the best team. It just so happens we root for the best team in NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, as you can see on Tom's hat. By the way, Tom, I like that hat. But, you know, like, it's just, it's that. It's like, yes great he can be a great wrestler he can do all the moves as, as we've said before the moves don't matter i need yeah. a storyline and and that's what's missing with Takeshita. that i'm just I, I don't feel like we're getting i agree so we go backstage and we find out that the best friends are hurt they can't be in the battle royal tonight and so Danhausen says well me and orange cassidy we're gonna be in it and Orange Cassidy, who was obviously beat up for Morrissey's match uh, earlier in the show, says, fine. And then the interviewer is like, well, how do you feel about this? He's like, I don't care. Yeah. And so now Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy will be in our main event. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think about the best friends getting kicked to the curb? Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy take their spot. How did you feel about that announcement? I'm getting some weird vibes from Orange Cassidy. Are we getting an Orange Cassidy, maybe not a happy baby face anymore? His his whatever and his I don't care seemed a little bit more like mean-spirited this time mm. than they normally do. See, I was thinking that we might get a more mean-spirited us against the world's best friends where hell our own friends take our spot if we're hurt for a week. What the fuck's up with that? And then I Orange don't hate Cassidy, that idea. And Orange Cassidy, if you recall, kind of took a shortcut, even though he didn't intend to, when he beat Trent. So there could be also animosity about that moment as well. So I think best friends doing a we're best friends and no one else is our friend. Like, he's my best friend and I'm his best friend, but you ain't our best friend. I'm just wondering, and we'll talk about it later, but, uh, you know, the, the aftermatch of or the aftermath of that match that Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy are in also yeah. me further down the path I was thinking. So stay of tuned course. if you're watching yeah. live. And if you're podcasting, of course, stay tuned as well. Or fast forward if you really have to. No, I wouldn't fast forward because here you go. We got the fucking match of the night. It was Peter Avalon taking on Chris Jericho. And I love Peter, this, man. I love well, this, this guy. Was, <laughs> but this was the biggest wasted opportunity mm. in my book. Because... We're doing Chris Jericho versus Peter Avalon because apparently Chris Jericho has to be on every fucking episode. And with Peter Avalon, we call him pretty Peter Avalon. They said it a couple times throughout the match, but we didn't get to see the pretty, pretty Peter Avalon. Look, we've sang that fucking song for, yeah, we gave him the jobber entrance. Yeah. He comes out pulled on a bed when he's doing the Ric Flair, like playgirl pose. And we didn't get any of it. Nope. We just got a code breaker and a one, two, three. Chris if the Jericho crowd wins. got it, we didn't get it on TV. Yeah, we didn't get it on TV. Uh, 
so yeah, Chris Jericho beats him in three minutes or something like that. And then he starts beating up Peter Avalon. Ricky Starks then runs down for the save, which here again, I will point out, you got to make it make sense, everyone. Why weren't the wingmen, Peter Avalon's group, out there to help him as well? Huh? Why is it just Ricky Starks? Makes no fucking sense to me. Now, Ricky Starks did the checking my back because I know something's going to happen. And it fucking did. Like, come on, you know? Pretty Peter is a character we can tell so many more stories with. I don't know why we're not getting more of guys like this. Like, I I just, I don't, am I, am I missing something here? Right? Like the, it's not just not comedic value that he provides with coming out, but you can then use that and his, you know what I mean? Like his demeanor that is comedic in nature to cause the ire of other folks in the back right like i just yeah i think he's so good at what he does and he can capture like it's something that non-hardcore wrestling fans mainstream fans can attach to when you see pretty peter in about five seconds you get it right you understand Mm -hmm. this character Mm -hmm. yeah i think if you added the best elements of harvey whippleman and rockstar spud from tna i pretty peter avalon can do all of those things you know what i mean great analogy tom thank you Thank you. I'm a wrestling fan. Contrary to what a lot of people say about me, I like this shit. Uh, I'm a wrestling Uh, fan. That might be the title of the episode. I'm a wrestling fan, (laughs) goddammit. So then after this, uh, we get the Hangman promo, and he says essentially he is ready to take everything from John Moxley because John Moxley is taking everything away from Hangman. Took away his best friend in Evil Uno. Took away his memories from the concussion. And now he took away his championship or he took away his championship opportunity when the match that he got knocked out in happened. And so now he's coming for Moxley and he says he may not be the animal Moxley is, but for one night he can be. And isn't that the country cowboy slogan? I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. That's essentially what he said here. So John, well, we'll get to our picks here, but how'd you feel after both promos? After both promos, I come away with this thought of like, man, this is great. The story they're telling has been good and very believable and understandable. The one thing I think it's missing is a clear cut antagonist and protagonist. I like that. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's different, right? So therein lies like it's different than everything else going. I, I, The thing is there won't be any rooting for anybody in this match. It's just going to be who is going to beat – the actual bloody shit out of the other guy and how far are they going to take this? Tim, we're not going to be rooting for someone. We're not going to be rooting. This is a hangman shit podcast over. Yeah. Come on. God damn it. (laughs) What I like about this is similar to what you said. It feels like the 2023 version of babyface versus babyface, but they're not fucking corny like Cody. Right. It's not America versus good hard work. And pre- it's like, no, I've got issues. John Moxley has issues. He obviously has a demon inside of him that he has to continually push down, but it bubbles up. And that's why he's a fucking animal. And John or excuse me. And then hangman Adam page is this supremely ultra talented pro wrestler with the confidence of a rookie and he keeps on succeeding despite his own belief in himself and then what the fuck happens when he gets pushed into a corner by this fucking animal that's john moxley like it's fuck it, 
this is the best story that they're telling. Like MKF yeah. and, and Brian Danielson, I get it. It's for the championship. And that means the higher status because that's just conventional wisdom. But the best fucking story is going to be and has been this hangman versus John Moxley. I think this is going to be the match of the night, a Texas death match. And if you catch it, they both just say it. Texas death. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not a Texas Sunday. death match. Just Texas yeah. death. And you're like, fuck. Cause that sounds like that has history and it's worse. They should right? just stop. AEW as a whole should just stop saying a Texas death match. They should just say in Texas death. Right. Yeah, it's time for Texas death. Next year, it's fill in the blank wrestler A versus you know wrestler B in Texas death. Yeah, and it's and it's awesome because another thing that I like about it is it's not in Texas. I like that sometimes when yeah. you know it's in yeah, California. Oh, it's, it's, if we're in Houston, we're doing a Texas death match. Yeah. If we're in Chicago, it's a Chicago street fight. Right, but this is Texas death, but it's in fucking San Francisco. So that even kind of makes it a little bit yeah. more weird. Yeah. Uh, I, I am so excited. Yeah, like I said, I think this is going to be the match of the night. This might be, I might cry. I might fucking cry of just the enjoyment from this match. This has all the making for the of the match of the year. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I can't I'm wait. excited for the picks. Stay tuned if you're watching us live uh, for the picks. We're going to do some AEW Revolution predictions. Excited for that. By the way, so after. Uh, by the way, pause, Tom. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to tell everybody that we have a shirt available for sale on Pro Wrestling Tees. Can I tell you something? This is what yeah. I would do. I would do the combo pick of what we're both wearing. Obviously, go to ProWrestlingTees.com, mm-hmm. search Spanish Nouns Table, pick up that shirt right there. But yeah. then, obviously, you're going to want something to accompany it. Well, who else but fucking Terry Funk? Funk you university, get that shirt with it. Get the quick little bundle. Now it's not bundled together. You have to do it yourself, but I tell you what, the best one, two punch in pro wrestling t-shirts is a Spanish announce table and the funkster Terry funk funk you university. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. So then after the break, uh, Christian cage is out for a chat and man, he is so fucking good at being yeah. a prick. Loki, I think my favorite thing throughout this entire promo was the consistent raising of Renee's hand to his mouth for the yeah. microphone to be better placed. And she would just roll her fucking eyes. Like, yeah, it's fine. And he's like, no, 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 just right here. No, and it would make no difference. It. Right. Yeah, it would make no difference to the microphone. Yeah. But she he just kept doing it every <laughs> single time. And she's like, fucking yeah dickhead. i hate oh you. i love how he comes swinging hot out of the gate when he's like oh yeah by the way he's like let me stop you there uh he's like san francisco i want to let you know i feel the same way i can't wait to not come back here for another 10 years yeah <laughs> he's the best he's so good at that just like ugh, just sleaze you know what i mean like he walks out in a turtleneck you're already like look at this fucking guy <laughs> right like yeah. he just knows how mm-hmm. to just get under your skin it's good stuff it's good stuff love christian So he gives his narrative of why he's going after Jungle Boy again. And it's because Jungle Boy said he wants to be a singles champion. And Christian says, over my dead body, because I'm going to be a singles champion. Two things about that that I have questions about. One, we're not saying which one it is. What? Any singles title. Yeah, Atlantic, TNT, Tag, Trios. FTW. Yeah, FTW, Heavyweight. You're going for the ring of honor. You're going for the pure. Like you didn't say any of that stuff, but that's fine. That's just splitting hairs. 
The other thing that I have a question about is where Tom, is that's Luchasaurus? the way where they can say he has a goal, but not actually have to put him up in contention. For well, said title. <laughs> I think this, I think this feud yeah. would be rejuvenated and more interesting if it did involve a champion, because in my opinion, I think we have ran the course of Christian cage versus jungle boy, Jack Perry, even in this promo, he ran back, even though he's one of the best promos, he ran back the, your dad's dead. And it's like, I mean, if you, if you hit me hard with hey, an insult, that's going to hurt dead. the first time. Well, but that's going to hurt the first time you tell me, but yeah. by the sixth or seventh time, I'm just going to be like, yeah, we know he's yeah, you dead. You already said that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like then it's kind of falls flat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it, we mentioned this earlier with the uh, Hobbs, Joe, Wardlow thing, where this just feels like, all right, we have to run it back because we kind of had to pull up lame when it happened the first time. But I kind of wish we didn't. I wish we would have just moved on. Christian could be doing this to anybody. I agree. That, yes, I 100% agree. Now, with this, uh, we do get his uh, promo interrupted by a video package from Jungle Boy digging a grave. And he's crying, thinking about the memories he had with Christian and then how Christian had betrayed him and then also gave him a concerto. He also shows to the fact he couldn't pull the trigger on his concerto to Christian, yeah. but then how he was able to when Christian helped him. So maybe that plays into the story. I will yeah. say he didn't say anything, which is good, but that was a cool promo or that was a cool video package. I liked it. It was, except... <laughs> Pro wrestling in general, I feel, is bad at this. And may, again, maybe I just have too high a standard of realism where if you produce this, like I know what it takes to produce a video segment that long mm -hmm. and, and set up a, a video shoot like that. Mm -hmm. It's inherently acting. You know what I mean? Like if he's sitting there crying, shoveling, digging dirt with a camera in his face under here and then over here and then over here and then over here, all realism is gone. Like you plan this out, right? Like you plan Jungle Boy, you, if I'm to believe the character, you planned a video shoot to make it look like you were going through all of these existential crisis moments here, right? Like, and that that's where it gets a little lost on me, just pro wrestling in general, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's a little more believable if somebody follows Jungle or finds Jungle Boy out digging a grave out in the middle of nowhere and they're like, What the fuck are you doing, you crazy person? He's like, Fuck you, <laughs> right? Like is going off the rails, right? Maybe that's a little more believable. So to me, like, it's not the greatest, right? You know, it's more than we've gotten out of Jungle Boy, so I don't want to complain, right? Like, hey, this is something more than just, hey everybody, wave your arms and sing the song, <laughs> right? Like, so yeah, I'm fine with it, I guess. I liked it. I like it because I do. I like the, even if you do stay in kayfabe that he said, I'm going to show you the efforts I'm going into that will fucking ruin your life. And I want to show you how much yeah. it means to me because how many times have we seen jungle boy cry zero, right? Yeah. So I like the, yeah, no, I guess it worse is you paid a company and they artistically dressed it up and you're like, all right, whatever. Fuck it. As long as you saw yeah. dig in the grave, fuck it. Yeah. And you got the uh, tombstone of Christian cage's name. So yeah, so it looks like Sunday night that will be a match. So we'll give our picks on that again when the time comes. But after this, well, we hold get on back real quick. Jeffrey Sills in the chat wants to chime in on this. And he says the grave should have been for his old persona because Jungle Boy won't pull the trigger when it's needed, but Jack Perry will. 
That could have been we don't fine know that if we maybe if we maybe pulled him away, right? But we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that. But you know, maybe that's still to be told. Maybe that's still I think to be told. Maybe he does the concerto and then he does this video package the next week, and he doesn't put Christian in there, but he he fills the fills the Jungle grave. Boy. Yeah, and it was Jungle, Jungle Boy, Boy the entire time. Yeah, because when I when I pulled that trigger, I ceased to be the innocent Jungle Boy, and now I'm Jack Perry. Now I'm Jack Perry, assassin. Jack Perry sounds like an assassin, doesn't it? It yeah. sounds like it sounds like a, a, a Mission Impossible villain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyhow, uh, yeah. FTW championship matches next. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so we get a title match, sort of. It's the FTW <laughs> title match: Matt Hardy versus Hook. The stipulation here is that if Hook wins, he gets Stokely Hathaway by himself. The firm cannot be ringside, and so we got a lot on the line. For Matt Hardy to win this match for Stokely Hathaway. Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. Hook gets the victory. Matt Hardy taps out fairly quickly and then even acknowledges, oh man, he really got me. Shucks. That really stinks that Stokely Hathaway is going right. to have to fight this guy without <laughs> us. Darn. Damn it. <laughs> and I sent this to Which you. Which is good uh, because, it, you know, Stokely Hathaway for what we said, how good he is on the mic and everything, he's never been portrayed as like an actual competent evil mastermind he's attempting to be an evil mastermind and he fumbles his way through it so here well it's like ah i got you i'm gonna do matt it's like matt hates you and is only doing this out of contractual <laughs> obligations so if he just loses the match i'm mm-hmm. surprised we didn't get a finger poke of doom that would have been a better that story would, even that would have been fun yeah. uh and if you go to his twitter account his twitter first off if you're not following stokely hathaway you need to that is mm. probably the best Twitter follow in the entire app itself. Well, it's but where you can learn things like the worst crime you can commit is dick riding without a license. Sage advice. And then he also gives the video of the police or excuse me, of the prisoner singing to the judge about how he's sorry. And he also apologizes to the defendant. If you haven't seen the video, it's hilarious. And that's what he sends to hook as a, uh, yeah precursor to their match. Side note, I think it's what did that match. poor soul uh, on the defense stand think was going to happen? He was going to move the crowd yeah, with song. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't a terrible singer. I'm not going to say yeah. it, but he wasn't like, he wasn't the voice of a generation to try to get yourself out of murder charges or whatever it was. Hey, we don't know what the judge said. That video ended. Yeah, you know? True. He yeah. Maybe he's walking free today. Maybe he's watching the show. I don't know. We hey, love you. Thanks. Appreciate the sport. <laughs> Buy a shirt. Hey, after this match, you know what time it is, Tim. Uh, oh, yeah. Right before well, the main right event. Right before the main event? Mm-hmm. Yep. I do know what so time it is. It's time. Time for, for the, the women. women. And we get clockwork, two, Tony Khan. And we get two former champions. We get Rio taking on Tony Storm. And halfway through this match, we get Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter go down to the ringside, cause the distraction. Rio gets the roll-up victory on Tony Storm. Tony Storm then brawls with Britt Baker, and they go to the back, and they're brawling out. And now we get Tony Storm, or excuse me, now we get Soraya, Jamie Hayter, and then Ruby Soho walks down, and she hits both of them. Again, I will say 
I like your music, Ruby Soho, and that's it. That's it. You're not a good actor. Not a good actor. Right? Yeah. Yes, I agree. And, I mean, we'll save the predictions for later, but I'm just... I. I'm a little worried about this storyline and, and and if it's going to be able to deliver what I think they're going to try to deliver on. What I'm nervous about is how Tony Khan is on, aggressively online and he saw the, well, it's going to be the WWE women versus the homegrown women. And he then says, oh, you think you fucking know what I'm going to book? And now he's changing it on the fly. And now it's some convoluted bullshit that no one gives a shit about. That's what I'm afraid of. But that was the match. And then uh, we get our main event. So Mm -hmm. technically that was right before the main event. We do get an extra segment, which we'll get to. But the main event match was the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. And Tim, this match, not this match, not this specific match, but generally speaking, uh, this match sucks. I don't like it. I don't (laughs) like the two come out. And one of you can win. Like if, if one gets eliminated, you're both gone in my book. That's how it should be. I don't like the, he got eliminated, hate, but the other one stays. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate the idea of that. Like I, I've seen it done both ways. I think the, you're eliminated when your tag team partner gets eliminated. Stipulation works great. If you're going to tell in that story, a tag team is breaking up, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to use it mm-hmm. in that substance here, I don't hate the idea of like, hey, listen, you're both in there, but you know, if one of you is eliminated, the other person can still fight for the team, right? Because yeah. you can even use that for like a, well, since I pulled my weight, you can almost use it for the same storyline. So I don't mm-hmm. hate it either way, but I just it I, the battle royals period for me in main event settings only work at like the Royal Rumble because they put such high stakes on the win, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a mania championship thing. It's like the the pinnacle of what we're all told to believe wrestlers achieve from their very first ever desire to be a wrestling fan, right? Mm-hmm. Is win the title at WrestleMania. So that I I feel like gets a pass from the rest of these. It's, I don't remember much about any battle Royal or Royal rumble other than how the kind of the outcome was right. Everything else is fun, but it kind of starts to get lost because there's just so much going on. Well, the other thing I don't like about this matchup is it's all except for one team losers from the previous week so it's just a second chance battle royal i don't like that and now again as mentioned earlier best friends cannot compete so then we've get orange cassidy and danhausen taking their spot go ahead looks like you want to say something go ahead well jeffrey still says this match was basura uh this four-way tag match is going to be wwe bad well well let's we'll talk about when we get to it but i (laughs) firmly disagree um well, you agree that the match was garbage. Yeah. But well, the tag but match the concept, you don't think will be WWE bad. No, no, nothing in AEW can be WWE bad except for Jericho. And that's because he's a WWE Jeff guy. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's worse than WWE. Yeah. It's he's uh, it's the worst. But it's yeah, gonna be fun because he's, he, he's TNA bad. He's like yeah, he's TNA, TNA rolling bad. into impact bad. And, and again, one of the reasons why I don't like this match is because in my aesthetics or however you want to say it, when I see, for example, I don't know if this actually happens, but for example, for example, if Yuta gets eliminated 
in my mind, I say Blackpool Combat Club's done. But then I've got to remember, oh, no, Claudia was still available. Like, that's where it's like I'm having to do these mental gymnastics where it's like, oh, okay, but no, that still means now carry the two. And so he's still here. It's that fucking just it's too much. It's it's too convoluted for me. But for this carry match, you know. you know what I mean? That's what it feels yeah. like. Turn left, cough, give your fucking blood type, all this bullshit, you know. Um, but the victory yeah. comes to Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Mm. So it's going to be at the pay-per-view, your champions, Gun Club, aka Ass Boys, former champions, the acclaimed, team TNA, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and an Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. How much fucking fun is this going to be? Yeah. Danhausen with the acclaimed. Oh God, it's going to be so much fun. This is where I started to think more along the lines of, are we getting that orange Cassidy heel turn? Because Danhausen made the save, right? That's where I, I said, it sounded more mean spirited. Now Danhausen gets the save. I wonder if we're going to get orange Cassidy jealous, but you kind of reminded me that's what the, the best friends have been doing already. So uh, maybe we just, it plays into this match, but later we get an eventual, they're all just like, man, 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 just the mega powers explode. More on that oh, later, I guess, so with sad. our picks. Yeah, that would be so sad. Yeah, that's so not that giving was... the people what they want, by the way. No, not at all. So that was the main event, but we have one more segment, and it's an interview segment with Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson comes out, and he just goes into his, promo essentially says he wants the world title and then here comes mjf and mjf looking like his shit doesn't stink waddling out there swinging as a dick goes to say something and brian danielson says shut the fuck up now again i'm paraphrasing here but he's like shut up i'm tired of you shut the hell up shut up and then he runs down mjf I said he even says at one point the only thing that mjf deserves is that his fiance left him like fuck man that's a, yeah, that's that's a, a deep line. dig yeah and a great line and he puts the fear of god in mjf and it ends with one of the most baller lines to end an aw dynamite episode you are going to get your fucking head kicked in <laughs> oh it was so fucking great and that's how we end the episode yeah so Interesting. Don't I don't recall too many of these where we've ended on like an interview segment on Dynamite. That's it true. Happened, but I don't recall it. It's not very often. It's not even no. very often, even in like in the WWE side of things. I don't think where you end on an interview segment. Yeah. I mean, WWE has more of those type of endings just because of the history of their company. But yes, for AEW specifically, I think the last one that I can remember was yeah. the uh, contract signing with Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. Remember when they were really getting into each yep. other and cutting each other down. And then Don Callis was the camera guy, you know, and he fucking did all this stuff. Is that the 69 me Don days? No, 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 no. That uh, was after, that was after the extreme barbed wire match yes. where they made fun of Eddie right. Kingston covering John Moxley. And he's like, Oh, look at me. 69 me Don. The best. The fucking <laughs> yeah, they had that overhead over shot even. And he's like 69 me done. And you can tell Don is like, oh, we're doing this? All right. <laughs> it was the best. So that's our AEW Dynamite recap. And that leads us right into our pay-per-view on Sunday yes. night. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. AEW Revolution. Tim, you have the card? You want to go through it? I do have the card up. I'm excited, and we're going to make some predictions, and we challenge you. If you're watching us live right now, get your predictions in as we're doing it, of course, but you will be listening to this hopefully before Sunday, so get your predictions into us at hashtag tweet the table, and then we'll just see if you were right. Right? We'll just see how mm-hmm. cool you were versus us. We're, we're clearly cooler, but you know. AEW Revolution. Tom, you ready for this? I've got this up on this is CNET.com, but this was posted today based on the most recent things. It's off of CNET.com because AEW, swing and a miss, doesn't put the card up for the events on their website. That's like unfortunate. That. Don't like that. that. Poor form. Poor form. But let's go right here. So, by the way, don't sue us if I'm getting something wrong, right? Blame CNET and as another caveat, we're doing this on Thursday night, March 2nd, so Rampage is not aired, and we do not read the spoilers, so we don't know. AEW Tag Team Championships are on the line. As you mentioned, the Guns, the current champions, taking on the acclaimed, the former champions, versus Jay Lethal and, oh, they don't have, Jay Lethal is with um, Jarrett, right? Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. versus mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. I mean, we, we talked about the story and how we got here with all these teams, but this is basically either the guns or the acclaimed, right? I don't know. Do you think Orange Cassidy know. and Dan Housen might pull this down, or what do you got? What do you so, got? What's your prediction? So we've done the Atlantic champion is also another champion when Pac was the trios champion and then the All Atlantic champion. So it's not like AEW has never done that before. So a double champ could easily happen. Now, I think the safest and like if I were to put money on it is uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are taking the pin to one of the three teams. I think if we're betting money or we're really taking this serious and not just doing for funsies, I think the ass boys get the victory because Billy Gunn says, fuck the acclaimed. And so that's how we're going to get ass boys with the victory. And there yeah, you go. I think you're spot on. I think Billy Gunn gives the KCCP to Max Caster, and mm. I think, and I think we get the Guns celebrating with Daddy reunited, all hugs. Uh, and yeah, we we continue the acclaim versus the Guns saga, but the acclaimed. This is their kind of breaking away from Daddy ass. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says the guns are winning and Dan Housen is taking that pin. I think easy. Yeah. yeah. No, well, no. if it's Dan Housen could definitely take the pin and not have anything yeah, happen true. to him. True. True. But true I, I, I still that. think it's them. Yeah. 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 All right. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is winning this. This is the easiest call to make because if he doesn't, Jesus Christ. It either kills the Ricky Starks character or we've got to do this again. And we might do it again because we probably have a AEW special event name and it's going to, <laughs> you know, do something like that. that I wouldn't be shocked. I would <sighs> not be shocked if that happens. I'm going to go with Ricky Starks though because I feel as if we know that this is done. I think Chris Jericho's next chapter, because it seems like breaking the, the fourth wall and peeking behind the curtain, it looks like he wants to do action and ready. It feels as if we had Ricky Starks on the book. So let's just go back to that to get to this pay-per-view. But then after that, I want to work with this guy. 
And so don't be shocked if the JS come down there, action and Dreddy comes down. He costs Jericho the match. And then Jericho has his sights on him. Ricky Starks. Then hopefully look, I know we already did it once, but have him call out MJF again. Say, Hey, we both won, you know, spoiler alert, but we both won our matches at the pay-per-view. Let's run this back. Motherfucker. You know, as much as AEW has, we applaud them for taking that chance, right? They'll throw random name. You've probably never heard of out there for several weeks in a row to try to see if they'll catch fire. But there's been so many examples of somebody starting to catch fire and they just don't strike while the iron is hot. Orange Cassidy at one point, we would have put the world title on him. You know still what I mean? Like, it was still my, but like there was a time where he was on top and they just didn't do it, right? Ricky Starks, I, I feel like they just kind of missed the hottest point Ricky Starks was when everybody was behind him. Hook, same thing, right? Like I think they, they don't know it when they see it but they keep trying to find it. And here we are with action Andretti, Lee Moriarty for the 17th time, whenever they try him again, right? Where it's just like, Hey man, some aren't working. It's clear pretty early, but they don't seem to pick up on the ones that aren't working pretty early. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think the hardest thing, especially with someone like Ricky Starks is they don't prepare for, Oh shit, this guy's a thing. And whether this is for better or for worse, they say MJF's next opponent is going to be with Brian Danielson. So they they continue with that. Now, that's a kind of your preference thing, because we've heard the horror stories of Vince McMahon shows up day of WrestleMania, rips up the script, and now we've got this disjointed, weird-ass finish, and it doesn't make sense to a story that now, what the fuck is this, right? So there's pros and cons. Sure. I agree with you. I do think... They've missed sometimes big moment spots when we were in Chicago and the acclaimed versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, for an example. But they do get there. It's not always yeah. on time, but they will get there. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, Action Andretti comes out to help Jericho and joins the Jazz Holes. No, why would he do that? He already beat well, Jericho. Why, why would not? He Money. Fucking money. It's clear. This guy was better than you. Fucking... Hold on. But now, he no, because that's the Garcia story. We already did this with Garcia. Yeah, but Jericho loves to do the thing over and over again. Nah, that's too many people. That's too many people. Not for, fuck. <laughs> Jericho loves, they had 12 people in that group at one point. You get what I'm saying, though. That's, that. I don't think that. I mean, hey, look, it could, right? I'm not saying. Won't shock me if it doesn't. Won't, Won't shock me, but I, I wouldn't put money on it. I would not bet on that. But we'll see. We well, the odds see. might be good. You might bet on it because of the odds. Throw a fiver on that. Get Isn't that fucking weird that you can bet on pro wrestling? Yeah, they, they advertise DraftKings. You can go on. I kind of want to do it. Just throw some fivers down on some I kind of want to meet. Well, yeah. I want to meet one of these fucking writers and be like, just throw me and I'll split half. Like, yeah. how the fuck does that not happen? Oh, I'm sure it does. Now, now, oh, trust sure me, it does. Trust me. I'm, I'm sure the very, writers very, are throwing some info out to some folks. Well, but I am, again, I am very familiar with trying to manipulate the betting lines for DraftKings as I have had some personal friends do that and not be successful. You can look that up. Well, they were successful time. and that's what got them caught, right? <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, they went yeah. one time too many, but yeah. I still, yeah, just generally speaking, I would just do a hundred dollars. 
every other pay-per-view on there'll be three chair shots in the John Moxley hangman match. You know what I mean? It's like nothing crazy and not get all. Yeah. But what are the, like the, the John Moxley will bleed. That is like minus 2,500, right? Yeah. 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 Not (laughs) those, but you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you would do it just like you cheat on a test. You can't get a hundred percent. You get an 89, you get an 85, like you get my 90, but you never get a hundred because then that's when it calls you out. Right. Yeah. You can't take the bizarre one. And you dump a million dollars on it, and then they go, "Well, what did you know here?" Right? It's a long con. Well, you got to play the long con with that as well. Well, that's what happened with my friend. Well, well I know that's what. <laughs> uh, so, friend of the show, even he was on the yeah. show. I beat yeah. him in an ECW trivia contest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fun. All right, what's the next matchup? The next matchup is. For the AEW TNT Championship, the champion Samoa Joe, the king of television, defends against Wardlow. This is a tough call. I could see it going either way, but I feel like Joe wins. What? Yeah. I guess, I mean, they are trying to push Wardlow again, so it it wouldn't make sense to kill him off. But, like, didn't we already do this with Wardlow and it didn't work? Well, but what are we going to do with Powerhouse Hobbs? It's Powerhouse Hobbs is the heel. Just takes on Joe. Oh, yeah, but Joe's a heel, huh? Yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Wardlow yeah. probably wins. God Wardlow, he, he can't, he can't yeah. cut his hair and then lose, you know? He looks smaller with the haircut, if that can be possible. He looked even yeah. more lean with a, with a buzz cut than he did with his long hair. I don't know. Wardlow is fine. I, I, the, I, my problem... And I'm saying this as a Taz fan. Taz was in my Taz is in my top five. I am saying this as a Taz mark. But when your gimmick is the biggest, baddest, toughest, and you're not even bigger than two thirds of the roster, kind of falls flat. Because he's also not doing crazy ass moves. You know, to Taz's credit, he was throwing Bam Bam Bigelow through the fucking ring, yeah. and he was doing all these crazy shit. Wardlow's doing yeah, we Swanton Bob. We need more of a playboy gimmick, because I'll, I'll give him this. He's a handsome guy, right? So let's get him back in the suits. Let's get him, you know what I mean? Let's maybe not make him a baby face. Let's let him, like, being schemy here, right? Like, let's let him try to use his, like, good looks and, you know, or whatever for his advantage, right? Or just give him, in my opinion, I wouldn't make him a heel, I would just make him more of a John Moxley baby face where it's like, he doesn't give a fuck about your opinion, but he's going to, you're going to like him. You know what I mean? Like John Moxley's like war to you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Something like that. So, uh, yeah, but I got Wardlow to retain. Cause then Samoa Joe has to go to ring of honor to put some stories there for their next pay-per-view coming up. Jeffrey Sills says Wardlow wins, but they're going to push him the right way this time. I think with a new look, he will do a new finisher. And maybe it's time to get away from the Powerbomb Symphony. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not doing more do, than though? setting him sing. I think you should do a high-flying move. Not the Swanton Bomb, but something similar to yeah, that. That's yeah, right. Yeah, something, right. <laughs> Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. Jack Perry is winning this. Hmm. Unless we get Luchasaurus comes back. That's what I'm thinking. That's the swerve we're all not expecting because they have not mentioned the guy's name. Ah, but we talked about he's embroiled in a 
in a lawsuit, right? Well, can he just come out with a new mask? Ah, but would that give into the lawsuit? They'd be like, you know, you were wrong. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Drops a gimmick, just comes out as himself. He's Austin, gonna be Jack Perry. Fuck? I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be Stone Cold Steve Austin or whatever. Be Austin. Is. What's his fuck? I think his name is Austin. I don't know. He was on For Big sure. Brother, right? Or one of them fucking shows. I don't know. I just found out about this fucking uh, Impractical Jokers from you from a couple weeks ago. Now I'm seeing fucking ads for it. It's so weird how TVs work and all the shit, all the media. We talked about yeah. it once, and now I'm seeing it on my ads before YouTube, yeah. and I'm like, how the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my oh, daughter my is shopping for a new car and has sent me a couple things, you know, to be like, Dad, what is what is this? You know, is this good or not? And now everything when I scroll is car mask. Looking for a new car? Looking for a new car? Yeah. Looking for a new car? like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Um, but yeah, with this, uh, what are we saying here? We're going to say, oh, we already did our picks, right? I, I'm, I'm saying Christian Cage wins or no, oh, you uh, did Jungle Boy wins. Uh, Jack Perry. You wins, say so, Jungle excuse Boy. Excuse me. So yeah. here's my thought. Yeah. Cause I was doing my deep thought. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's the thought. <laughs> you can't necessarily do Jungle Boy gets jumped by Luchasaurus. Cause we did that at all out when Jungle Boy got turned by Luchasaurus and Christian Cage won. So we can't really do that. Or maybe he gets the better of it this time. Well, but here's the, but may possibly, but then we, I don't think we can necessarily do the jungle boy overcomes. Cause we did that with Luchasaurus in a cage match, which was fucking rad, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we get a schmoz. I think jungle boy, but it continues. That's what I'll say. Jungle boy, but it continues. And this is where I think they're going to pivot and say, we want singles gold. We're tired of each other, but then they get wrapped into a triple threat for, all Atlantic championship or something like that. I agree with Jeffrey Seals in the chat. Jack Perry wins and does the concerto. Oh Thwap. yeah. 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 Thwap. Yeah. He pulls the trigger. Yeah. Yep. Thwap. All right. AEW women's championship match. Jamie Hayter, the champion defending against Soraya and Ruby Soho. So now I'm torn. Do I, th- I, I feel like it's what you said, but it's still the same. I, where Tony Khan said, oh, it's going to be this WWE girls versus AW girls. It's not that. Now it's just this triple threat title match, but it's still the same thing. We don't know which way Ruby Soho leans, and during the match, she's going to be conflicted on who to kind of help in these moments where she's got a chair and can maybe hit either one or whatever it is. And the whole time, we're not expecting it. In comes the low blow to, to Jamie Hayter from Britt Baker. And I guess give Soraya the victory. That's what I'm going with. Mm, I don't even like it all when makes I said sense. it. Now I don't believe but it. It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That all makes right. sense. Because mm-hmm. I think I think the turning point comes, the way I see it in my mind's brain, is <laughs> Ruby Soho is standing over Soraya and Jamie Hayter. Maybe... The, the both of them are on all fours to expose their back, you know, and she has the chair and she's like, ah, ah. and then Britt Baker comes in fucking gives her that super kick KCCP. to the face. Yeah. Gives her the super kick. She falls. She picks up the chair, looks at Soraya and then whop hits Jamie hater. Soraya well, then gets the victory. Over. Yep. And I don't even think you got to hit Hater. I think she just, W-O. Ruby's about to hit somebody. She doesn't know who, right? We're all like, who's she going to hit? Who's she going to hit? Who's she going to hit? And then she gets a, the Ric Flair uppercut to the ovaries. And then she just drags Soraya over. And everybody's like, 
what? Right? Like everybody's like, what the fuck? Instead of dragging Jamie Hayter when they were both laying there prone. Yeah, that actually would be, I, I like that better because then Jamie Hayter says, I didn't lose. Like I didn't lose this match, but I lost my title and Britt Baker broke my heart. So now I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. Cause this is Rudy where Jeffrey Solo Sills in the, the chat. Yeah. He says, if they take the belt off Jamie Hayter, I'm boycotting. She has to have the Britt Baker story still. So I think she'll have that Britt Baker story. However, Soraya is going to be the champ. And now she's got to like, it'll be interesting to see how they tell why. Right? Why? Well, it could just be she's a legend. I need to learn from people who aren't a rookie like Jamie Hayter. She could say something like that. But then that would position them different. Because my my whole theory was that Britt Baker is the Hulk Hogan, right? So the yeah, the but leader. Be the but if you Hall. put the yeah, but if you put the belt on Soraya, no. So I'm changing my fucking mind. It's Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter wins, and we flirt with it. We flirt with Britt Baker did something that seemed fucking weird. Which what was that? Yeah, yeah, what was that? And then, ooh, fuck yeah, got it right there. Got that motherfucker. Look at this. This fucking rules when I'm awesome. Uh, so, Cyrus, Tony. Yeah, so Jamie Hayter picks up mm. the victory, but Britt Baker on accident maybe grabbed her foot when she went into the ropes. Something similar to that, like a Almost hey. cost her the match. Yeah, and then Jamie Hayter's like, what the fuck, right? So then she wins. I'm the champion, you know. Then Britt Baker's like, hey, after the pay-per-view, she says maybe on Rampage or Dynamite, hey, it's time for me to be the DMD of this division. She gets a couple victories. Then we do another triple threat with Tony Storm or Soraya, one of those two. And then that's when Soraya and Britt Baker team up. Britt Baker gets the championship. Check out my pussy. Yeah, look at my tits. All right. <laughs> AEW Trios Championship match, the Elite versus the House of Black. And I think we're going to get the titles change hands here. Yeah, I think everyone knows that they need it more than the Elite, and the Elite need to be doing some more fun things. Now, do we get something actually spooky out of the House of Black? Sting Probably joins. Not. He's Probably the leader. Not. No, here's what happens. I bet Buddy Murphy wins in a fucking roll-up on Nick Jackson because it's that style of wrestling that they all like. The the jumps, the kicks, the flips, the the overthought-of spots that are ill-timed. All right. <laughs> we will get, but we'll I don't get know the House about of Black that. wins. I think the House of Black wins. I think Brody King is the one who says, I'm the fucking... I'm the, the bully in the playground and he fucks up all three of them. And even like, this is where I think if you're going to be spooky, you're going to be this, like we're, we're aligned because of our belief in a devil or whatever it is. You know, this is where Brody King, how I would do it again. If I have the pen Slaughter some folks, well, I would have him fucking run through the elite. And then when like uh, Malachi and buddy are like, Hey, high five. He's like, what the fuck you think this is? Like he looks at them and like, oh yeah, yeah, no, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. We're gonna you guys do think your you've shit. Been, yeah, you guys think we've been following a higher power? Who the fuck do you think he is? Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe not <laughs> yeah. that, but maybe yeah. get him, maybe get him to to do spots where, oh shit, he could. I think he could kill everyone on the yeah. roster. <laughs> Almost as if like, hey, don't get us too angry, or or we're gonna unleash the right. beast on you. Yeah, I don't hate that idea either. I would like something somewhat spooky that would cause the young bucks to maybe be like, "The fuck just happened to us?" Right? Like, mm -hmm. and maybe get them off of the like, 
hey, we're all dressed like the Midnight Rockers for a little bit, right? Like a little bit of a change from the Young Bucks wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Yeah, go through some, I think go through some dark times, right? Yeah, I think though the most vital person in this match to make whole and make happy and get on a track that they're happy with is Kenny Omega. I think he's not getting any younger. His style does not age well. It's not the Kevin Nash style of wrestling. So he doesn't have that much left in him. And if you're peeking behind the curtain, the Kevin Nash style didn't hold up to his quads. Well, but that's his fault. Um, But if you're reading on Twitter, some of the dirt sheets, um, Kenny Omega might be flirting with WWE. So that's where it's like, Hey, Kenny, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, do you want to do everything? We'll have you do everything. You want to beat MJF? Have him beat him. How many times we got incoming they've got to do the fucking too sweet me bro to the fucking the aj styles and the good brothers and to the fucking finn balor what are you talking about when kenny omega goes over there and fucking oh you're saying when he goes to the wwe yeah Yeah, we gotta tell that fucking story all the finger kisses all the who's the true leader was it the real club was it it you guys are the original club but i'm the real club yeah fuck i'm the elite club that's what it'll be. He'll go over he there and be going. the elite club. He ain't going. He ain't going. No. This guy. Hope not. Hope not. This fucking guy. He's staying. Look at that. 69 me, Don. Yeah. He's staying. Look like a, a poor w. man's Lenny. <laughs> yeah. wow. Look at that jacket. All right. Woo. Texas Death, John Moxley, Hangman Page. <clears throat> I feel like Hangman wins this. But I don't know. Yeah. No, I do. I got Hangman, and I think... You're betting on it. Yeah, I'm taking Hangman, and this is why. I think, from a story perspective, if you recall when he did that promo before they doubled down on we're running back John Moxley match at pay-per-view, he said he needs to mend some fences with other people in his past. So I think he is the... Look at me, I'm king of death. And the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are kind of down on their luck. What the hell? We're kind of sad. And Hangman's like, what's up? Thought we're fucking elite, huh? Fuck you guys pissing in your dick for. Like, look at fucking get out there and beat some ass. And then we get that story. That Again, if they were down after having been put through some dark times, right? A, a dark team beat the shit out of them in a, in a in a manner they're not used to. And Hangman's coming around going like, hey, look, I'm soaring to new heights because I just bloodied a motherfucker. Maybe it's mm-hmm. time you guys got a little more aggressive. Stop being so, look, forget the tassels. Yeah. Let's fucking rip out some assholes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? yeah. <laughs> right? That's a thing the kids say. All right. Yeah. So, so you're Fuck saying yeah, Hangman. It is. Hangman. <laughs> Uh, Hangman wins, and it sets him up to be MJF's next title defense, says Jeffrey Sills. Which would be foreshadowing because he then clearly thinks MJF is winning the uh, the next match, which is the AEW Championship 60-minute Iron Man match, MJF versus Brian Danielson. This one's interesting to me because I, too, believe MJF comes away still holding the title here. But how do we get there, and how do we tell that story? How does MJF outlast with more victories than Brian Danielson. I assume you're going to say MJF wins this as well? Yes. So how do we get there? I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. Right. I have full faith, though, that these two guys are going to get there in a great way. That's one of the things I think that goes unsaid about MJF, too, is we talk about his great promos, and he's good in the ring, but also, like, they it's not even that he's just good in the ring with the moves. They tell a good story when he's in there in a match as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I tell you what I want just to fuck with everyone because you fucking dumb shit? Ooh, I got to know Davidson all the big... No, 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 no. Brian Danielson loses, but just to fuck with all the people that think they know every goddamn backstage detail and the fucking wrestlers' wives, Instagram fucking stories and all this bullshit, I hope William Regal fucking comes out and cost <laughs> Brian Danielson the match. That had never fucking happened. It was all a work. Wouldn't that be great just to fuck you to all these dumb shit neck beards that think they fucking need to know everything backstage? God, that would make me so happy. That would be great. The reason I don't think that'll happen is because <clears throat> once the news was out that that Regal was going back to WWF, like they would have denied it. They would have came out and actively said, no, no. Like they're the type that like, no, no. You don't lie about it. I know, us, right? I know but it, I'm just saying that would be the coolest. Oh, thing. be the best. It would be the best story told. Yeah. Yes. If William Regal were to come out and swerve and fucking nut punch old Brian Danielson, old open mouth smile guy, mm-hmm. God, it would be great. Yeah. So I think, I think MJF wins. The question is, because I do think, I think Hangman is is on deck if not up next right he he's he's in that sphere pretty soon does mjf do this regrouping of a of a faction does he do the pinnacle 2.0 and it's another set of people like it was going to be the firm but the firm fucking sucks here's more of elite because unfortunately as great as mjf is and he's fucking awesome his pattern is kind of laid out of how he does feuds what if it's the dark order what if the dark order comes out and helps i wouldn't hate it wouldn't hate it and now here comes hangman as like the contender but mjf's leading his homies and he's like what the fuck guys this guy they'll be like well you weren't around fucking Mm -hmm. we needed a friend man Mm -hmm. no it'd be a stretch to get there yeah, but something's happening. I don't know what it is, but something's happening. Yeah, because we're not ever been led to believe. Like we are led to believe that MJF might be an underrated, even on on story that they tell is like he's underrated in the ring, right? That he's that good, that he can be a world champion. He doesn't need the tactics he does, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But we are also led to believe that he is not Brian Danielson level of let's line up for sixty minutes and see who can secure the most pinfall submissions, whatever. And so that's the interesting part of this story to me. It could be just as simple as he gets one victory being a wrestling machine, like over Brian Danielson, right? Cause someone can, you know, a clock's right twice a day kind of story where he gets a pinfall, but Brian Danielson's picking up victories as well. And then it could just be as simple as the dynamite diamond ring makes its way back to uh, MJF's fist and hits Brian Danielson. Oh, my God, as I was saying it, you know, it would also be fun, but you'd have to really know, but it's kind of a W on brand. It's Naomi helps MJF. So the fiance that dumped him comes out and is like, here you go. And then he's like, yeah, I got 
up my family. Boom. And now he's the happiest man in the world because he's your champion and he has his woman back. All right. So you said Naomi for a second. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was thinking WWE Naomi, who we haven't seen. Oh, no, 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 no. Was, But That's then when you said the fiance, then, yeah, no, yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, do you know who I was she like, is? Well, that would be interesting. Well, do you know who she is? So do you remember when MJF did that entrance where he had two girls like holding the ropes for him and he was wearing that crown right. and, and he made, made out, out with, with one. that one? Yeah. That's her. That was the, yeah, that yeah, was her. Yeah. 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 So yeah, MJF I still is think winning, MJF but we don't wins. know how. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. don't know how. That's going to be the interesting thing. And again, they've got an hour to tell that story. The rest of this card is seven matches. Jeffrey Sills mentioned it's got to be four hours tops, and it, man, it might stretch every minute of that. I, don't know. I just we, if we're reviewing the card, this is where some of the fat needs to be trimmed. Christian versus Jungle Boy, we don't need on this. This could be a yep. dynamite match. Jericho versus Ricky Starks, we don't need. Jericho versus Ricky Starks is definitely a rampage. You'd have six match. matches without that. It would be just fine. One's an hour and long. I'll, well, and honestly, you know, the other one that I would cut from this card, mm. House Tag of Black. It, oh, no, House, House of, of Black and the Elite. Because they haven't told a story yet. Have some stories. True. You yeah, know, like. True. Yeah. Yeah. Then five matches. You can get three hours, five hour. matches with ones an hour. Yep. And do some promos and some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'd have a good show, but we're going to do seven hours because got to get your money's worth. I get this is supposed to be a big one, right? Revolution is one of their. You know and it's I mean? in California. It's a new market yeah. for them, so they want to come out swinging. But yeah, make it more enjoyable by not making it a marathon. There's a reason why baseball that doesn't have a clock added a pitch clock because people won't want to fucking marathon be at places or do things for that fucking long. Right. Yeah. Which is I'm a whole excited for baseball story. season. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited for Revolution. I'm excited to see it this weekend, Sunday. And uh, man, I, I, I don't know how we're going to feel with some of these coming away, but I think they're going to tell some good stories along the way. So I'm excited for it. But uh, other than that, I think we'll just leave it there and tell everybody to hit us up on the tweet table, use hashtag tweet table on Twitter. Tell us what you think while you're watching revolution. We'll read it right here next week on the Spanish announce table, the Spanish announce table.